At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Super Week continues. Yes, we are now counting down. We've gone from counting down the days. Can we count down the hours yet? Now, I feel like we need to go one more day before we can start counting down the hours. I think you have to be within 24 hours to count down the hours, or at least maybe 48 hours to count down the hours. We're not quite there yet, but we're almost there as the Super Bowl will kick off on Sunday from SoFi Stadium, the Rams and the Bengals in Los Angeles. The line is down to four and three and a half at some places like William Hill and at Caesars. Total still at 48 and a half. And there's just so much going on with this game. And when it comes to picking a side, I've had a very difficult time looking at it from the spread perspective and from the game perspective. Like, I feel like the Rams are going to win. Maybe it's because I trust them more, if that makes sense. Well, speaking of trust, on a numbers game earlier here on VEASAN, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus talked about trust in a quarterback and in a head coach. So let me, if I came to you after the game and I said, Eric, well, the stage was clearly too big for one of these quarterbacks who played in their first Super Bowl, the answer to that would have been, which quarterback do you think I was referring to? Yeah, I mean, conditional on that thing being true for one of them, I think it has to be Stafford. And, and um, you know, because for me, it's, you know, with Joe Burrow, you're talking about in the span of three years, he's won a uh, college football play, you know, national championship. Uh, he won the first Bengals playoff game in 31 years. Uh, he won the first two road playoff games in the history of the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. Um, and he's done it in large part, you know, getting sacked nine times in one game, not having the greatest support defensively in other games, at least in the first half of the, the Chiefs game. Um, whereas Stafford, like, you know, to me, I think Stafford's played better than Burrow in this playoffs. Um, but you sort of are always waiting for the other shoe to drop with him. Yeah. Um, and, and this might be the, 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 the week where he throws the interceptions that get caught. Um, and it might be too big for him. But, you know, I think both quarterbacks play okay in this game. I don't think that that ends up being the reason why the game turns out the way it turns out. Yeah, I mean, we're just spitballing here, and I, I think I agree with you. Like, I think that would actually be my answer as, as well. Let me just ask it about the coaches as well. I come to you on Monday, and I say, boy, Eric, whoo, that head coach really botched that decision in that yeah. really big moment. That coach was? 
This sounds weird because I think Sean McVay is a much better coach uh, than Zach Taylor, obviously his former boss. Um, but I, I think it ends up being Sean McVay. To me, McVay is very good at picking up the, the, the pennies and the quarters and the nickels off the ground with each play. Like, I think scheme-wise, he's terrific. And there's an issue, you know, there with Zach Taylor. But when it comes to picking the dollar bills up off the ground, he, you know, doesn't like doing that, right? Calls timeouts in inopportune times. Um, that's a prop bet that I like, by the way. Rams to call the first time out of the game. Uh, <laughs> if you can get that anywhere near minus 110, I'd probably, I would take that. Um, you know, it's stuff like that's the fourth down decision stuff. He, his, his, the fact that he burned all three timeouts and punted on some, you know, kind of inopportune third, uh, fourth downs in the NFC Championship game was only overshadowed by the fact that A, they won, and B, Kyle Shanahan kicked on a fourth and two um, up by three right. um, in the fourth quarter as well. So to me, that's the, I, I think Zach Taylor, you know, the smartest thing that he does is he leaves the game to Joe Burrow, right? And, and, and and for better or worse, right? Like that's what he's done, and that's what he's done over the past you know six weeks or so. Um, the the Stafford McVay relationship is equal parts, uh, and so if Stafford doesn't melt down in this game, there's a chance, uh, you know, that his partner in crime here, McVay, um, you know, not necessarily play for play, but just in those big moments, could make a decision that that costs them some uh, you know win expectancy. Let's say that was Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus earlier on a numbers game with our very own Gil Alexander. And and you know what? I I tend to agree in some aspects here, especially when it comes to uh, McVay, right? Like, yes, he does call timeouts in inopportune times. And that is a great prop bet to put a little, you know, flyer on. And and it's Will, you know, who calls the first timeout, and it's the Rams. Because, yeah, that's what he's been known to do. We've seen it in this playoffs. But we've seen it time and time again with McVay. That maybe, and this is a guy who is, we all know how smart, how smart he is, the incredible recall. He'll talk to you about games from years ago, know exactly, you bring up the time and the down and distance, he'll tell you exactly what the play was that, that happened. Uh, he's got that incredible mind of his. But sometimes maybe he gets a little too smart for his own good. And, uh, you know, if something doesn't go according to his plan, he'll call a timeout and talk with Matthew Stafford and, Go a different route. Whereas, you know, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor seem to just have this flow going where you just let Joe Burrow out there do his thing. Um, And yes, Burrow's getting this whole rap sheet about being, you know, the cool guy and and no sweat and and he's not worried and all that stuff. He doesn't get phased. And we heard from, uh, you know, his former coach at Orgeron earlier this week about how um, really... This guy, his emotions are in check when it comes to any situation. He's also like one of the smartest football players that he's ever coached. So he sees the game differently, unlike other uh, unlike other quarterbacks. Ultimately, in this game, if you're asking me which quarterback I trust more, even though Matthew Stafford does have the tendency to throw the interception. And the bad interception, right? The pick six. I think he's just seen more football. You know? Like, this is where the, like, all the intangible stuff comes into play. And and it's hard to even handicap this or measure this or whatnot. But if Matthew Stafford doesn't win this Super Bowl, 
Is he ever going to get another chance? This is a this is a real question. If the Rams don't win, is Matthew Stafford ever going to get another chance to win a Super Bowl? He's 34 years old. Probably play for a couple more seasons. You know, maybe maybe he plays until he's 40, so you give him, you know, five, six more years. And the Rams are all in right now. Like, the Rams this year are all in. They have mortgaged the future to win now. How is this team going to look in three years from now? Four years from now? Five years from now? Is Matthew Stafford going to be on the team in four years from now? Five years from now? And... Joe Burrow is in his second year in the league, and all this kid has known is success. Going back to his high school days, to his college time at LSU, although when he went to went to Ohio State first and didn't play, but uh, from LSU to now the Bengals, all he knows is success. He's got a long career ahead of him, a long, very good career. He'll have he'll be back. He'll be back in this game. You know, Bengals are a good young team, good young coach, good foundation. He'll be back. I don't think I can say the same thing about the Rams. And listen, we don't know what the landscape of the league is going to look like next year uh, or, or the year after that or whatever. And certainly the division could look differently next year. Jimmy Garoppolo could be gone. Uh, Kyler Murray could be gone, and it could be the Rams' division next year. Seattle kind of going through a transition. Rams could roll to 12 wins, win that division, find themselves back as a in the playoffs as a division champ, maybe even get a higher seed in the NFC. No Tom Brady, so the Bucs, who knows what's going to happen with them. Aaron Rodgers probably not going to be on the Packers, so maybe the Rams next year could be the number one seed in the NFC, right? Very possible. So maybe they do get back here. But there's always that little bit of uncertainty. Actually, a lot of bit of uncertainty. And I tend to side with the quarterback that's been not been there specifically because they're both making their Super Bowl debut. But he's been around the block. He's played a lot of football. There isn't really anything that the Bengals are going to throw at Matthew Stafford that he hasn't seen before in his career. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow, he's still learning. As great as he is, this is only his first full season in the NFL. And he is still growing. He is still learning. And there will be things that he's never seen before. I don't feel the same way about Matthew Stafford. And I felt this last year. And I know that, you know, the Chiefs are a machine, but I just felt with Tom Brady, he's seen everything. Nothing surprises him. Now, I'm not comparing Matthew Stafford to Tom Brady. I'm just saying, I tend to side with the veteran over the younger player. Even though the Chiefs were great, Mahomes is great, they've won before. I was all over the the, Bron- the Buccaneers last year. 
And I think that I'm leaning, well, I know that I'm leaning towards the Rams, but am I going to lock in with the number? I mean, I'm definitely going to get a piece of Matthew Stafford as an MVP. I'm also going to get a small piece of Joe Burrow just so I can have a tiny piece of the Bengals and diversify my portfolio a bit. Uh, but as far as a full-size unit bet, am I going with the, the Rams? Do I just play the total? I lean Rams in this game. I really do. And I, and, and I think that Stafford, Stafford's going to come through. And he's going to play the best game that he's played. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge? Or maybe you are looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts. The VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at vsin.com slash Super Bowl and it can be answered by one of our experts on air or on vsin.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And earlier on Follow the Money, uh, the guys were joined by Jay Gruden. Uh, longtime offensive guru, tremendous job coaching the Arena Football League, obviously uh, was with the Bengals, offensive coordinator for a while, head coach in Washington, where he promoted Sean McVay as his offensive coordinator. So he's familiar with McVay, uh, but he's been around the game for a while, and he shared his thoughts on the Rams and Bengals. Uh, let's begin with this. Uh, as an offensive guy, and you uh, look at this Bengals offensive line, and, you know, Burrow was running a little bit more two weeks ago against the Chiefs. But the week before that, of course, we all know, took the nine sacks, the Titans front, four in the front seven. They were getting him the entire game. Like, how would you scheme against Aaron Donald and Von Miller? What would be your game plan for this offensive line? Maybe, you know, have a back in there for protection, a tight end as well. How would you attack this with slowing down the guys on the front for the Rams? Yeah, obviously, you want to try to run the ball a little bit, try to keep them off balance so they don't get their sprinter stamps, just rush the passer every time. So the ability to run the ball with Joe Mixon and Samaje P. Ryan will be important for Cincinnati. Then the play action will come off that. The quick game, getting the ball out of your hands quickly for Joe Burrow, let T. Higgins, and obviously Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd uh, work under, in, intermediate routes, shorter routes. Then if you do have to drop back and pass, you better slide your line towards Aaron Donald. You better chip Von Miller. Uh, it's the only chance you have. Otherwise, it'll be a long day for the Bengals. Did you change your play calling uh, based on if it was a you know a big game as opposed to lack of experience here? Maybe there could be stage fright with the Bengals 
does that factor in at all in terms of being more aggressive? Did, did, it, did that, whether it was a playoff game or compared to a week 10, were you always consistent how you called games? Uh, you got to be consistent. And I think uh, when you watch Joe Burrow play, there's one thing you can guarantee yourself on is he's not going to have stage breaks. He's got the poise, he's got the confidence, he's got the demeanor that you want as a quarterback, the mental toughness. He'll be just fine. So you want to call the game, if not, if similar, if not more aggressive uh, in the Super Bowl than you would a normal game. Okay. So based on like calling, you know, quick plays, mm. like you said, get the ball out of his hands right away and get it to Higgins, get it to your playmakers. Do you think we're going to be Burrow lined up in a lot of shotgun sets? I think so. Yes. Shotgun sets has been what their MO a little bit. And, uh, obviously they can still run the ball with Samaje and, and Joe Mixon out of the shotgun. Um, but yeah, I think shotguns where it's at for them to get away from Aaron Donald a little bit. Uh, he can still get the ball out of his hands quickly and, and do some play actions out of the shotgun, but I think that's the most appropriate place for Joe to be. So I heard somebody who breaks down film for a living make a really good point, and I'll ask you about this as well as a, a guy who has been in and around the league for so long and a coach at the highest level. Uh, and they said in this particular matchup, Jim, uh uh, Ramsey, Jamal Ramsey, would make more sense on T. Higgins because Higgins is their big possession receiver, and Ramsey's a big guy. Like, he's 200 pounds, and he struggles with smaller, elusive, you know, quicker uh, wide receivers like Jamar Chase. But Ramsey's always like, I want to be on the best player. I, I, yada, 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 talks a lot of trash. How would you approach that if you're the Rams, though? Would you say, look, you don't match up that well with Chase, maybe say it a little bit different than that. You need to be on Higgins throughout the game. I think I think you do both. I think you line up on both of them. I think there's going to be times where you might line up on Boyd on the inside too. Mm. Uh, there's some third down medium situations where he's been very, very effective. If you want to play man-to-man, obviously Raheem Morris will put him on the guy who's going to get the most targets initially, but then he'll have the ability to move him around on different people based on situations, third and five, third and three, uh, maybe red zone. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, there's some merit to put him on Higgins but and then have an ability to roll to DeMar Chase. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do, but I think uh, he'll be all over the place, in my opinion. Okay. How about from the Rams' standpoint, and you, you know McVay, would, would you, do you think he'll, he'll come out aggressive or try to establish acres? And, and what would you do if you were calling plays for the Rams? He's got to come out. He wants to come out and be aggressive. There's no doubt. I mean, the last time Sean was in the Super Bowl, it was a major egg lay, and they, got, they punted 13 times in a row, I think yeah. it was. That's crazy against New England. So I think Sean's going to want to come out and get some points early and fast to get that off and back a little bit, let the team relax and then settle into the game and let their defense rush. So it's going to be important for Sean to come out aggressive, get points early, make the Bengals chase them, because if they get ahead, it will be a long day for Cincinnati if they become one-dimensional. How is Cooper Cup, like, wide open on every single play? Well, you know, he moves around. Uh, he's in the slot, and it's hard to double-team slot receivers. He does a great job of working different routes on the slot. You know, he can run in-breaking routes, out-breaking routes, short routes, quick routes, I mean, deep routes, uh, corner routes, post routes. I mean, he's very elusive, very quick. Um, he gets off the jam, and he gets to the second level quickly. And then once he gets to the second level at 10 to 12 yards range, uh, he can do anything, corners, out, in, curls, whatever it might be. And then he gets to the third level, all hell breaks loose, where it's daggers and corners and posts and all that stuff. So he's got a great route tree, number one. Number two, he's very elusive and quick. And he's got great hands, and he's tough as hell. Do you see an unsung hero here? Could it be maybe a surprise MVP or a surprise guy, a Jefferson or somebody like that, who has a big game and is a reason why his team wins? 
I tell you, you know, the Rams have done a great job all year. You know, Cooper's been very consistent. Odell Beckham's starting to step up, but Jefferson has had some big games, so that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if Cam Akers bounces back after, you know, a couple fumbles and has a big game. Uh, if they're if Cincinnati decides to play a lot of cover two and try to protect against the big play, then Cam Akers will have a big day. So I would say Cam Akers would be my long shot player of the game. Okay. Akers would be. And then, so on the flip side, then his counterpart here, it looks like Joe Mixon, who had a really terrific year, it looks like all of these touches might be catching up to him. I know what you were saying earlier about you need to keep the defensive line off balance for the Rams, but, you know, there's probably a pretty good chance here, Jay, because the Niners could not run the ball against this Rams front. So if they couldn't, it kind of tells me that Mixon could be in for a long day. What say you? Yeah, it it could be, but I think they're going to have to try to run a little bit, take a little pressure off Joe. I'll tell you what the Bengals did do a great job of in their last game was a screen. And uh, there's different ways to run mm-hmm. the ball and extensions of the running game, the bubble screens, the release screens for the receivers, then the flow screens for the backs. They hit a big one for a touchdown to Samaje last week. I think you're going to see four or five slow screens in the backs with Joe Mixon and Samaje. Then you'll see a lot of receiver screens to get the ball out of the hands quickly with the receivers blocking. Uh, so you get easy completions and possible big plays after the catch. Who do you think wins, and do you think high scoring or lower scoring? I think the Rams win. I just think they're uh, overall, you know, just a better team, personally, personnel-wise. So I, I, they have too many pro bowlers on defense. Stafford's playing big, uh, big experienced guy. It's going to be a great game for him. I think, uh, yeah, I think the Rams win quite handily. My prediction would be like uh, 34 to 20, something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a guy who spent, you know, several years in Cincinnati, what would a Super Bowl mean to that city? Oh, man, it'd be awesome. It's a great place. And Mike Brown, you know, the owner of the, the Bengals, is, is such a great football guy. He's, he's, he's loyal to his coaches. He's, he's a great guy for the league. He's been uh, an awesome individual. His family's been great for the city of Cincinnati, uh, the state of Ohio. Um, I think it'd just be great for them to win. I'm pulling for them to obviously win. I know Sean and Kevin O'Connell and West Coast and all those guys with the Rams and Andrew Whitworth. I'm hoping for them. I don't really care who wins. I know it's going to be great for your team. Now, I've never had Skyline Chili in that city. I've heard conflicting reports, but most of it's good. How would you power rate Skyline Chili? I think Skyline Chili's underrated, man. It's it's good. You know, I actually <laughs> had a package of plays called Skyline. We call it Skyline. Andy Dalton would get to the line. I give four plays because Skyline, you can get it four different ways, right? You can get it with the sauce, the onions, and you know, whatever the heck else you want to put on it. So you'd have four different plays you'd call. We call the Skyline. And uh, <laughs> I love Skyline Chili. How, how would that work then when you had four different options to call Skyline? Like, give us an example of what the plays were. Oh, it was great. We had a man beater. We had a 3D beater. We had a zone beater. We had a blitz beater. So we couldn't be wrong. The play never failed. We should have called it every time. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the biggest mistake, huh? You didn't call it enough. Exactly right. You know, some quarterbacks didn't like to have that on their plate. Andy was really good at that, and he loved to have it. But other quarterbacks, they just wanted me to call one play and call it and run it. I was like, yeah, that's, that's no fun. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. All right, your, your, your tee time's coming up here. Again, you're playing golf uh, this morning in Florida. What are you going to go out there and shoot? I'll put, I, no, knowing nothing about your golf game, I'll throw 75 and a half. Do you go over or under that today? I'm going over that. I can't putt. I had uh, seven three putts yesterday, so. Ooh. There's no chance I can shoot 75 or better if I can't putt. Okay, but can you break? Can you break 80? Yeah, I can break 80. I, I go. Uh, I try go over under would be 80 and a half. I try take the under. Okay, well that's that's absolutely respectable. 
Uh, Jay, thanks yeah. so much for the time today. We appreciate that. Good luck today on the links, and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. You got it. Thank you guys for having me. Yep. There's a uh, former Redskins head coach uh, or Washington head coach, uh, Jay Gruden, uh, former Bengals offensive coordinator. And, yes, he was Sean McVay's boss when McVay was the Washington offensive coordinator. Great insights when it comes to the game. A little bit about Skyline Chili, which uh, CJ Uzama will bathe in, uh, of course. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll go over some uh, plays for the weekend and, of course, finalize the portfolio for the Super Bowl on Sunday. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know that VEASAN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. I'm all over this uh, betting guide, and it's just got so much information with uh, all of the props that you can bet um, and really some great advice on how to bet this uh, Super Bowl, including don't bet the coin toss. (laughs) Yes, it's a fun bet. And it's a 50-50 chance that you win. However, there's juice on both sides. Minus 102, minus 103, minus 105. So no matter the outcome, the books will profit because of the juice. So unless you see a book out there that is offering even money, then yes, that's the only way you bet it. If not, don't bet the coin flip. You're just going to lose out on that juice if you lose. Doesn't make any sense. I like taking a look at, uh, uh, you know, there are some fun cross-sport parlays when it comes to uh, the, the Super Bowl. And let's take a look at some of those cross-sport parlays for the weekend, okay? And... <laughs> Where do we think we could take advantage of? Let's start with um, the NBA, shall we? What will be more? And I guess let's pull up the NBA schedule for Sunday. On Sunday, we have just two games. The Hawks at the Celtics. The Timberwolves at the Pacers. Okay? So, what will be more? Atlanta Hawks total points or Cooper Cup receiving yards. Cooper Cup receiving yards is minus 115. Atlanta Hawks total points is minus 105. The Hawks uh, just scored 133 in their last win against Indiana. They had 94 in a loss to Dallas, 125 in a loss, uh, 114, excuse me, in a loss to uh, Toronto, 124 in a win against Phoenix. This season, the Atlanta Hawks are averaging 109.1 
points per game. So if you're just looking at their average, this bet doesn't make sense because Cooper Cup's receiving total is 105.5. So just bet the over on Cooper Cup receiving instead of Cooper Cup more than the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, What will be more, Boston Celtics total points or Cooper Cup receiving yards? Uh, And this one actually has a spread. Cooper Cup is plus seven and a half. And the Celtics are minus seven and a half. The Celtics this season are averaging 108.4 points per game. So this is actually a great bet because if you just take the average of what the Celtics get, now granted the Celtics can score way more than their average, but they average about 108 points per game. You're essentially getting Cup's number down to 101. And Cup's number is at 105. So you're getting like a four-yard value mark there. But anything could happen, you know, with uh, whoever has, you know, maybe the Celtics go off and score 120. Maybe Cooper Cup doesn't have a good game. There's a lot of things uh, going on here. How about this? Trey Young three-pointers or Bengals total touchdowns? That you would have to go with Trey Young threes. Because I don't know if the Bengals score three touchdowns in this game. They'll score two, but I don't know if they score three. And Trey Young for sure is going to get three, four, three three pointers, right? I mean, Trey Young this season uh, is averaging 27.8 points per game. And in his last several games, he had six three pointers. Um, he did go cold, zero, uh, you know, 0 of six and 0 of four. In two games in a row, but he was 6 of 10, 4 of 10, 3 of 8, 8 of 15, 4 of 11, 6 of 10, 4 of 12. I'd go Trey Young over the Cincinnati Bengals. But again, anything can happen. Let's go to uh, the soccer props. Um, let's see. This These are uh, more like European soccer. Um, let's see. Tottenham. Total goals in the Tottenham match or total players with a pass attempt in the Super Bowl? I'd probably go the Tottenham match because I think that if we get, I'm going to bet over two and a half players to attempt a touchdown pass, right? Uh, 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 any pass. I'm going to bet over two and a half. But I think that number caps off at three. And probably Tottenham Wolves, you know, will be, uh, maybe they'll get four goals in that game. Uh, MMA. Now, this is a good one here. There's a big fight on Saturday night. Israel Adesanya against uh, Whitaker. Total touchdowns in the Super Bowl or Adesanya-Whitaker total rounds. Now, at the most, there will be five rounds in the fight. At the most, obviously. And the Super Bowl, even if you think it's going to be low scoring, on principle, you would just have to bet it because there's the potential to get as many as they want, (laughs) as many as they can. So when one side is limited, you bet the other side that has no limit. 
Uh, in the NHL, we have total goals scored or first half points in the Super Bowl. Now, if you're looking at the game prop now, the first half game prop is halftime total. Where do I see halftime total? Give me halftime here. Um, what's the total in the first half? Here we go. Total in the first half is 23 and a half. 23 and a half for the first half. And in the NHL on Sunday, you have four games. So let's say the total of the games are going to be five, five and a half, some games at six. If we just give them, let's say, six goals in every game, if they put the total at five and a half, and so there's going to be some sixes out there, we're talking 24 goals versus the total is 23 and a half in the first half. I would actually lean towards the goals, if we're being honest, because even though I think the game goes over, I think that it's going to be a uh, lower scoring first half and a higher scoring second half. So that's just a couple of cross sport parlays that are available up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Those are the interesting ones that I have uh, noticed. And yeah, that's one of the props that I really like. More points in the second half than the first half. I don't hear it circa. They actually have a spread on it. Like the second half would be minus two and second half and overtime, obviously. Uh, minus two and a half points. I don't necessarily love betting it with a spread. I'd rather just bet it, just have the second half to be, you know, more points than the first half. But that's what we've noticed. That's what we've seen. And I do think that especially when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals, they've done such a good job of coming from behind this, you know, in especially against the Kansas City Chiefs, right, where, you know, they um, they themselves scored 17 points in the second half. But I just think that this is a game where the first half starts slow, the first quarter starts slow, and then this thing picks up and we see some scoring in the second half. And that's where I think we're going to get the over. And I'm on the over 48 and a half, and I'm going to be on that as one of my props as well. The more points in the second half than the first half. Uh, let's go through the entire list of the props that I'm on, including the MVP market bets that I am on for this game. Plus, pick out some winners in the NBA and the NHL for Friday's action. And maybe a little bit of Olympic hockey as we have USA Canada on Friday night in the men's side. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. If you tailed our Olympic play from last show, USA minus two and a half goals. That was a no-sweat winner as they won eight to nothing over Team China. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Getting ready to watch the big game? But well, we want to make sure that VSIN is a part of your plans. This weekend, we have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the vsin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And here is the entire portfolio for Super Bowl 56. Player props. Joe Burrow over the 11 and a half rushing yards. Talked about this at length, and I'm going to back Joe Burrow to use his legs, avoid the pressure, make positive plays happen. Odell Beckham Jr. over 63 and a half receiving yards. He's going to have a big day. All the attention on Cooper Cup. OBJ going to make some plays happen. T. Higgins over five and a half receptions. A lot of people on Jamar Chase. But in three less games this year, Higgins only had seven less receptions than Jamar Chase. He's just as big of a factor in this offense as Jamar Chase, but maybe not as flashy. So Higgins over five and a half receptions. Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals made. We know the kid's got confidence. We know the coach has got confidence in him. They're going to send him out there. He's going to kick two field goals. Speaking of field goals, the longest field goal in the game will be over 47 and a half yards. We're getting at least a 49-yarder in this one. It's probably going to be from the Bengals. We know McPherson's got a big leg. And I do think the Rams defense steps up when the Bengals kind of cross the 40 and they're going to have their offense, the Bengals, I'm saying, stall out at about the 35-yard line or so, at maybe 33-yard line, whatever it is. And instead of going for it on a fourth down and being uber-aggressive, they're going to send McPherson out there for the 50-yarder, get the points on the board, and go back uh, to the sideline happy and knowing that you got yourself a win there. Uh, I'm going to go Samaje Pirine over 9.5 receiving yards. I think he's going to be active in this game, in the receiving uh, game, and just all takes maybe just one play. Just get himself a first down, and, and he's going to eclipse this. Uh, speaking of Pirine, I'm going over one and a half receptions for Samaje Pirine. Anytime touchdown scores, I think Odell Beckham Jr. finds the end zone in this game. Uh, I also like Joe Mixon to find the end zone in this game. Uh, I might sprinkle a little bit on Cam Akers as well. But I really like Odell Beckham Jr. as the main one. Maybe have a little bit here on Mixon and uh, thinking about Akers. I think the second half will be more, will be higher scoring than the first half. 
and uh, maybe lay the two and a half points or hopefully get it somewhere where you don't have to and you could just lay the juice. But I think that the second half will be higher scoring than the first half. Uh, I am betting no touchback on the opening kickoff. We know the numbers. 26 of the last 28 Super Bowls, there have not been a touchback, and there won't be one on Sunday. Yes, there will be a successful two-point conversion. This is a good bet at plus money value. So, yeah, I'm betting on a two-point conversion uh, being tried and converted on Sunday. And here's a fun one. Over two and a half players to attempt a pass. Another one at plus money. And I think we're going to see, you know, maybe not. Maybe it doesn't have to be some trickeration, but something where we can have a pl- another player besides Burrow or Stafford attempt a pass in this game. Uh, as far as the MVP markets, I'm going to be in on Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think the Rams win this game, and if the Rams win this game, he is your most likely MVP candidate. Uh, Here at Circa, you could still get some plus money on Matthew Stafford to be the MVP, so that is what I'm going to go in on, uh, the main bet there, Stafford to win the MVP. I'm also going to bet Joe Burrow to win the MVP. Why not? Just to have it in my portfolio, to diversify the portfolio, because of the plus money that you get on Joe Burrow, You know, if Stafford wins, I'll cover my Burrow play. And if Burrow wins with the plus 240, or even higher than that, actually, then, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it'll do well for me. And then I'm going to sprinkle on the long shots. Little sprinkle on Leonard Floyd. 100 to 1. I'm not passing up 100 to 1 shot. Come on. Just a little bit. Just a little taste. Little sprinkle. Little pizza money. Have some fun on a 100-to-1 long shot. Also, Jalen Ramsey, 100-to-1. Why not? Defensive game. And then Aaron Donald, a little bit, just to have a piece of the guy who uh, is not going to win the MVP, but everyone is talking about. Uh, I was thinking about Odell Beckham Jr. as well uh, to win the MVP, but I'm already invested on his overs. So, nah, maybe I'll do it as well. We'll think about the Odell Beckham Jr. But that is the Super Bowl 56 portfolio and uh i'll tweet some of this out once i you know get all the odds punched in and have all of my tickets in my phone uh i'll put all the odds and so we'll know exactly how many units are risked how many units can be won and then see how we do uh when we are on the air super bowl sunday to recap the game and figure out exactly what we did with our massive portfolio for super bowl 56 I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We have an Olympic hockey game coming up here on uh, Friday night. And it's a big one. USA against Canada. No, not the women's gold medal match. That's not yet. Talking about um, Canada, U.S. men. Canada is coming into this game pretty high. They they beat Germany 5-1. to one And um, Eddie Pasquale was very good in that game. And I don't know if um, he's going to play in this game for Canada against the U.S. Could be um, Matt Tompkins could be in net. He plays in the Swedish uh, Hockey League. Um, 
We'll see. Pasquale is the team's number one. But listen, maybe they play Pasquale in this game and then they sit him because they play China on Sunday and anybody can play in that game. It's just going to be another route, probably a 10 nothing game. Canada took a couple of penalties, though. I think they had four penalties in their game against Germany. And the U.S. has an advantage when it comes to speed and youth. I, I just think that with the line right now being at Canada minus 240, I kind of want a piece of USA plus 195 on the money line. But where I'm really going to play this game is USA plus a goal and a half. Minus 145, that's in my range. My, I usually don't like to lay juice above like minus 150, minus 160. Won't do anything higher than that. Uh, minus 145, USA plus a goal and a half against Canada Friday night. Um, that's the one that I think we'll, we will absolutely see. Uh, I think it's going to be a close, close game between uh, these two rivals that are trying to get out of the group and advance to the medal round. Uh, if you're looking at the, the – they're both in the same group, and I think that they are – Canada was the favorite to get out of the group at minus 300. The USA to get out of the group to win the group is plus 200. So Canada's the better team. USA is younger. USA is a little more athletic. Canada's older. They got more experience. I'm going to take plus a goal and a half for USA against Canada. Uh, on the regular hockey NHL uh, schedule on Friday, we have a heavy road favorite in the Tampa Bay Lightning at the Coyotes. Now, what do we know about heavy road favorites this year? They are 42-8 and eight straight up. I'm not going to lay the juice on just betting uh, uh, Tampa on the money line, but I will lay the juice and bet Tampa on the puck line, which right now you can get at minus 110. They're minus 310 for the game. Minus 110 for the minus a goal and a half on the puck line. Arizona coming off a win. I don't think they win two straight. So give me the Lightning minus a goal and a half on Friday. And then uh, NBA action, uh, like our buddy James Alvarino said, let's take a look at the Timberwolves. We'll see the number's not out yet. Timberwolves at the Bulls. We'll see what that number is. And we'll t- we'll, we're going to have a look at the uh, Timberwolves in this game. Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Anthony Curtis from uh, Las Vegas Advisor will join the program at 8 a.m. at 8.30. Paul Charchian, fantasy football and prop expert. Derek Stevens from right here at Circa at 9 a.m. I'm sure he's going to talk about the uh, big game viewing party over at Stadium Swim. And then Adam Chernoff from Covers at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S, O-N-A-I-R and send some questions. If you want, send some thoughts and we'll share them and we'll see what happens when we get to the Super Bowl. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. This 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 at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.